Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Thanks for joining myself, Ken Miller, my partner, Trent Condon, as we take you up until noon here on a Tuesday, Tuesday, and Thursdays. Uh, we do carve out a segment of our program and devote it to some of the local businesses in the community. We call it Restaurant Radio, and we've been doing so since the, uh, since the closure of all the restaurants. Restaurants on Tuesdays and Thursdays. NCMIC. Nick Mick makes it possible uh, for Trent and I to be able to do this. We're grateful to them and we're grateful to all the restaurants who have participated, uh, as well as small businesses. We got a good list today. I wanted to start it off, Trent. And by the way, the BMW Des Moines guest list. Uh, prior to that, Sean Devon, who covered the NBA for uh, Sporting News for a long time, now freelancing. He's uh, with Forbes, um, he's with Ross Stories, with a bunch of different publications out there. But Sean is going to join us in about 10 minutes, latest on the NBA at um, 11 o'clock. We'll hear Governor Reynolds' press conference. She kind of teased yesterday that she has uh, more information pursuant to uh, some of the openings, another step forward uh, in the um, in the quest to open the state back up and open the economy up. And Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Governor Reynolds will join us at 11, and I believe that uh, there will be some news uh, coming in that press conference We'll carry it as we always do and for about 25 minutes uh, before bowing out if it hasn't ended. And then Zubin Mahente uh, from ESPN in his regular spot. He was on Sunday or Saturday night when the free fight card ended before <laughs> PP View, and uh, I ducked out at that point. But it was a good card. It was fun to watch uh, throughout the day. Uh, Trent, how are you? Not too bad. Uh, got a bunch of my cans finally taken back. They've been sitting in my trunk for almost two <laughs> yeah, months. Right. And finally what do you got get, a nickel for each of those or get something? Get a nickel for each of those. Why does the state do that? Do you know? I've uh, always to wondered. cut down on littering is okay. something that I've been told in the past. That's at least a reason behind it. But, yeah, clean out the garage, you know, right after things closed. Oh, you know, this will be a week or two. Go to High V. No, we're not taking them back. Go to a couple other places. Mm-hmm. Redemption centers. No, we're closed. We're not oh. considered essential. Mm-hmm. Can't do there. So, uh, yeah, they've been rattling around, rattling around. And it went, had enough. Went to do the Hy-Vee pickup yesterday afternoon, and I see people walking into the little can redemption place. Oh, I started salivating. I was so excited. Those things I thought you were going to tell me up the car. that the high v person who was putting your groceries in the car couldn't find room in the <laughs> trunk because all the cans. Well, that, and that's where it started because... I uh, got out of the car to tell them, don't open the back trunk, <laughs> put it here in the side. I said, I got cans back there, and she kind of points over. I said, you guys are open? Yeah, yeah, it's open back up. It, it opened over the weekend, so very happy. But the plastic container was broke with the plastic bottles. Gotcha. That wasn't working, and they're waiting for the guy to come fix it. So just got the cans taken back, not the bottles. We'll do that this afternoon. Well, you got something on your to-do <laughs> list It's here a good today. thing to Yeah, when you have something to fill your day, it does. it's how, not how a bad much, thing. How much money did you get back? 14 bucks. Well, you'll take it, right? Yes. You'll take it. Uh, anyways, we move on. Um, we're going to talk to uh, Sean Devaney coming up here uh, in the next few minutes. A couple of things are right off the hop here, Trent. We didn't talk about uh, yesterday uh, with, the, with the last dance and some of the other stuff from the weekend. Not that there was a ton. We probably should have found some MNF, some Monday Night Football booth mm-hmm. uh, con- uh, conversation. 
Um, Booger is not going to be part of it. Testator, they're both re- going to remain with ESPN, but be assigned to different roles. Uh, the booth never did take off traction-wise for whatever reason. It was a three-man booth to begin. Jason Witten was... Um, liability uh, in the booth. And uh, last year they went to the two-man booth. They brought Booger back to the booth. He was, remember, he was in the Booger Mobile or he whatever was. they called it. Uh, it just... That will be what this this crew will be remembered for. For that, you think? Well, we look back yeah. on it 10, 15, 20 years from now, it'll be, oh yeah, that group. Remember the Booger Mobile? Mm-hmm. I mean, that will be kind of the, the one part about that. It wasn't a great booth. No. Just never worked. At, I told you even... When the announcement happened, Joe Testator taking over, I know there are a lot of people excited. Yeah. I wasn't. I've never been a big Joe Test guy. He's a Mountain West Friday night kind of guy for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. He's good at that. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football. Right. It was, it was, it was um, out of his range, quite yeah. honestly. Uh, that's, I, I felt the exact same way. But we'll have a new booth. They, uh, ESPN has said that they are going to uh, stay internally, mm-hmm. uh, meaning they're going to hire from some of their um, many voices that they already have. So... We'll see who they're going to come up with. I mean, obviously, Lewis Riddick has to, I would think, anyways, uh, has to be on every list. I'm surprised that he hasn't gone back to the coaching ranks or the front office ranks. I think he's brilliant. I think he's terrific on the on the draft. I think he's someone that ESPN doesn't want to lose, quite honestly. No, I think that's a really good point, and I think it would be a perfect role. Two years ago when this was coming out and before they decided on the booth, that was a guy certainly on my list that I would have liked to see in the analyst role. Another guy, and I, I haven't seen him bandied about a whole lot, is Randy Moss. He was at the yeah, top of my list. Yeah. That was that was the guy, something a little bit different, mm-hmm. something. He is so much better than I ever anticipated he could have been. Before even he got to ESPN, he was working for Fox. Uh-huh. Remember the first time I heard it? Wow, this is not how I anticipated Randy Moss being as an analyst. He's been he's been nothing short of excellent. And it, I've enjoyed his work, Trent. Yeah. I'm with you. I, again, this is a different role. This is mm-hmm. a different way. You have to be quick. You have to be on your feet. And you have to get your thoughts in in 20 seconds because that's all you get in between the plays. But I think he'd be really good in that role. I don't know how good he would be, though, in a three-man booth. And if you're looking at a three-man booth, I'm not sure if that's the perfect role for Randy Moss. But if it's just a one-on-one, that's a guy up there. And a guy being greasy? With greasy? Steve Levy, Brian Greasy. I mean, we saw those two. And Moss? Might be too much. I I think those two can stand on their own. Greasy and Levy alone can stand on their own. I think that'd be a good booth. And the other guy who I think is just excellent, and this isn't any just local love, but Kurt Warner. Yeah. Now, where's he's Westwood West one, Westwood one, yeah. He does Monday Night Football. He does uh, also, of course, playoffs when we get Mm -hmm. into that. But he's an NFL Network employee. Good call. They said they're staying internal. That's a really good, yeah, good point. And if it is internal, then I guess you'd have to cross Kurt Warner I off guess. the list. Although they came, they brought him over for the draft they when did. the two networks merged. But mm-hmm. this would be different. Well, we'll see. There's going to be uh, new voices uh, in the Monday night booth. Remains to be seen when we'll get that announcement. But uh, it was time. Steve it, it Levy. Time. I think he's that. good, Trent. I, I do, too. And I don't think it's too big. He's been at ESPN seemingly oh, forever. Oh, God, for a long time, yeah. Remembering him as a young guy, he looks the exact same. Yeah. Like, him and Barry Melrose, hockey, they, they, right? love, the, they yes. love the NHL. He is, every time I hear him do a game, prepared, understands mm-hmm. it, has the voice. I think he kind of checks all the parameters. He's not a shot in the dark. If it's not Levy, though, is there anybody internally... Play-by-play-wise, that would make sense? Well, it sense. would be one of the college guys. One of the college yeah. play-by-play announcers would get the gig. I don't know you know, which one that they would go to um, off the top of my head. I, I really don't know. I don't know. 
I like Levy. Look, Levy impressed me. And and again, I was not like a lot of people. Um, I think that we were with the XFL in week one and maybe for a while in week two, we tried it out. And Levy was prepared, if nothing else. I mean, he's used to calling, um, you know, college games and he's thrust into a a brand new league and, and he was certainly prepared. Hard to say. Tough call. I do want to, I do want to get Sean Devaney in here in a couple of minutes, but I want to save a couple of minutes, Trent. I'm worried about the, um, Major League Baseball is coming back, as we know. A uh, 30 man, a uh, 30 man roster and a practice squad of 20. That's 50 players. Where are they going to get those guys? To me, they're going to get them from AAA. I mean, you're not going to call up single A guys, put on the practice squad. I wouldn't think you're going to take. The Iowa Cubs, if you're Chicago. What does that mean? More about that coming up. Justin, real quick, uh, thanks for being patient. Justin, what's on your mind? I think they should pick Pat McAfee. I mean, when they when they brought him in to do the Super Bowl simulcast and then they had him on college game day yep. a few times, yep. like, I, I think he would be great in the booth. He's a great speaker. Um, he's just got that swag about him, man. I love him. Yeah. Now, what did he do? He, wasn't he part of a three-man booth? Was it Thursday night college football? Was that's I think it right, was yeah. right. Um, and obviously played the game. He's opinionated. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, you're, he's, he's certainly not going to sit on the fence. Do you think Justin would he be able to criticize players? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he did it. He did it when he was in the game, and he's done it while. Well, that's he's one thing to do it in the game. It's another thing to you know be in the booth and do mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, and plus he's got his uh, his podcast and his YouTube channel. I mean, he's very popular. There's no question yes. about that. No question about it. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, and he's politicking for the job, Justin. He's openly politicking for the job. So I think you'll get a look for sure. Appreciate you chiming in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, good to talk to you. All right, let's uh, go to uh, Sean Devaney. He's uh, covered the NBA for a long time, Trent Condon. Yes. I didn't want to say back in the <laughs> mid to late 90s, uh, covered the league. I want to get his opinion on Last Dance and what we're possibly going to see with the NBA coming back. He's uh, was a long time with the Sporting News, now at Forbes, and a lot of places you can read his work. Sean, Trent and Ken in Des Moines, thanks for coming on. How are you, Sean? Yeah, you know, I'm not that old, guys. You know, I, uh, I I started covering the league right out of college. I'll say that. Okay, gotcha. So you were there for the end of the Bulls, right? As we know them, and as we've been watching for the last uh, what four Sundays, and have one more to go. Um, just your take on the last dance, and I'm sure you were in some of those press conferences, Sean, uh, over the years. Have they done? Have they done it justice? What we're seeing on Sunday night is it? Um, is it what you remember it being? Yeah, it is, uh, and I think that um, you know you have to take it with a grain of salt that what we're seeing is uh, this story playing out very much from Michael Jordan's perspective. Um, and, you know, so you, you wind up you getting uh, a view on things that is probably more pro-Jordan than some people would, would like. Uh, but for my money, this is all stuff we haven't heard from Jordan before. Uh, and that makes it valuable. That makes it interesting. That makes it, to me, um, you know, even though there is, uh, to me, there's, there, there's a pretty clear bias uh, uh, toward Jordan in this thing, uh, but that's all right, I, you know, because we haven't heard Jordan's perspective before, uh, and I think that that's uh, uh, that's 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 what makes this uh, 
uh, important and uh, and fun, really. You know, I think if you're if you're looking for that balance, if you're looking for hard hitting journalism or or investigative, you're not going to find it here. But 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 you know, if you're looking for the entertainment of of, of watching those teams and watching the dynamics behind them, uh, you're going to find that there. And 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 I think that that's probably uh, the thing I'd say about it is if you're if you're coming for entertainment, you're going to be entertained. Mm-hmm. As you look at it through your eyes and remembering back to that time you know covering things the way that you did what was it like what was it like to to be with jordan to write those stories to be around it michael jordan we we have our memories we know the tv ratings and how ridiculous they were Mm -hmm. back in those days but for you on that nba beat at that time what it was like uh you know it was it was different uh in that um, there was a much more relaxed relationship between players and media. Um, you didn't have Twitter and you didn't have right. cell phones. Um, so there was sort of an honor code of, of things that were said and, and, uh, uh, jokes that were made, uh, in the locker room, uh, that, that, you know, you kind of let it pass. Um, you can argue whether that's right or wrong. It's just, that's just how it was. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it was, it was a much different atmosphere where you could, you could, you know, you know, grab Jordan for a minute by yourself. Uh, and, you know, that's so hard to do. <laughs> that's nearly impossible to do unless you're on the beat, you know, every single day, uh, you know, to get a guy like LeBron, for instance, uh, to, uh, uh, to talk to you one on one is, is usually a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's not the case. Uh, that wasn't the case at the time, and, and that's you know looking back on it, uh, just the much more relaxed atmosphere of uh, of what it was like to cover some of those games and those teams. Um, you know, even with all the attention they were getting, that's what the, 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 that's what I remember most. Uh, Sean Devaney is our guest. Uh, he covers the NBA, and will you be back covering games this year? Will we be? Turning on our television and seeing the remainder of the regular season, will we go straight to the playoffs? Will it be what do you think it's going to be and when do you think we'll have clarity, Sean? What do you think Adam Silver and the Players Association are working on uh to come to some sort of decision? Well, uh I do think that 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 we'll see something. Um, you know, and I think that uh uh, that that the decision on that will come either at the end of this month or or early June. Uh, Adam Silver had a uh, a conference call with some representatives from the players and uh, on Friday, and, and and one of the things to come out of that was uh, that he thought he could hold off a decision until June. Uh, he's going to want to know a that they can test players, that that, that players can be uh, tested completely, uh, quarantined if necessary. Uh, that that there's that there's a pretty high certainty that that nothing will get in. There'll be no infection that 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 can be passed around and 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 make the whole thing uh, you know turn the whole thing into a nightmare. Uh, so he's going to want to know that, and that's something that uh, I, I don't think he has an answer for yet. So um, you know I think that they're going to look to uh, to push this at least to the end of the month, probably into June. Uh, and then make a decision. Uh, he also said they'd need probably three to six weeks for training camp. I thought that was pretty long. Um, you know, from what I've been told, it might be, uh, something like 20 days, but, uh, uh, but I think the players want a little more time, uh, to make sure they're not blowing out knees and, 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 you know, from not being in top shape. So 
uh, you know, I think that that's something that, uh, uh, that, that was a little surprising as well. So, uh, if we're going to see basketball again, I think you're probably looking at, at restarting sometime, uh, in July. And, uh, uh, you know, if it's in the beginning of the July, I think that they can probably play a little bit of the regular season. If it's toward the end of July, I think you skip right to the playoffs. Sean, with that, there's been so much bandied about putting all the players, all the teams in Orlando, putting them all in Vegas and basically put, doing a quarantine-type style, uh, doing it that way. Is that still the most likely scenario that everybody goes to one destination and it plays out that way, or are they relaxing a little bit on that idea? Uh, you know, maybe two locations. That, okay. that, that I would say is no more. That you might see the East play in Orlando and the West play uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, I think if everybody plays in one location, it'll be in Las Vegas. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that, that seems to be the way things are leaning right now. Um, and, uh, you know, the league needs to be able to do that because they need to be able to keep uh, uh, things as, as, as disinfected as possible. And, and if you have uh, more locations, you're opening up more possibilities for, for infection to get in. And, 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 you know, like I say, that's, you know, Adam Silver doesn't want to go through the the exercise of putting all this together, getting the players all into one place, uh, and then having uh, uh, you know somebody have uh, uh, coronavirus within three four days of, of of starting the thing, and they've got to shut the whole thing down. You know they don't want to go through that. They have to have some assurance that uh, uh, that they can they can safeguard players' health, and 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 creating a bubble uh, is going to be one of the best ways to do that. I got to ask you about uh, Nick Nurse, um, just because he's an Iowa guy and he grew up here and he played college basketball here. And it, uh, one year ago today was that unbelievable Kawhi Leonard shot from the corner. I love watching that that picture, Sean. I look at that picture over and over, and the more I look at it, the more different faces in the crowd that you're able to see. The look on their faces as the ball is in the air. I find that uh, that's just a terrific photo. But Nick Nurse has he done a better job this year? Than than he did in his championship season in your mind the team's 46 and 18 and obviously Leonard's no longer a part of that team uh, from a national perspective from a guy who covers the league how much credit should Nick Nurse get on his season this year yeah I think you make a great point um, I'm not sure that I would say this year is better than last year because last year had its own challenges you know with with trying to coach Kawhi Leonard through the the load management thing uh, and through the the knowledge that this was probably a one-year guy that that you know they weren't sure, but uh, but there were a lot of indications that he was only going to be uh, in Toronto for one year. It's hard to to get your players to rally around uh, a guy like that who's who's a not playing every game the way Leonard did, and b might not be there beyond beyond one year anyways. Uh, so you know that takes some some pretty good coaching, some good psychology, some knowledge of your locker room, uh, and you have to give him credit for that. This year's been much different uh, because you know you, you've had uh, really a situation where you have to get players to fill in the gaps for Kawhi Leonard, who's one of the you know three best players in the NBA right now, uh, and that's not easy to do to get what he's gotten out of a guy like Norman Powell, uh, to get what he's gotten out of uh, Fred VanVleet has had a terrific season. Um, you know that's 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 terrific coaching. Some of the guys that they have. Uh, you know, developed over the last couple of years. He deserves some credit for that. 
Um, you know, Chris Boucher, for instance, um, Terrence Davis, you know, they've, they've had some guys who are, uh, you know, kind of picked up off the scrap heap who they've really turned into useful players. He deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, so, you know, it's very different challenges. I think what's, what's, what really speaks volumes about him is the fact that he was able to meet both of those challenges, both dealing with the Kawhi Leonard situation last year winning a championship and then losing Kawhi Leonard and having them uh, in the position that they are. Sean, great stuff. I uh, hope that you're writing about the NBA. That means we've got a season to uh, continue to watch. Uh, playoffs are a different animal. They are so much fun. Sean, thank you. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. Okay, guys, thanks. Thank you, Sean Devaney. Uh, joining us as we talk NBA, a little Nick Nurse action. Yes, look at you dropping the nurse bomb. <laughs> um, there's going to be a race to Vegas. I think the NHL wants it. Okay. The NBA wants it. Uh-huh. If indeed they're both going to resume and both do so in that city, it's the hotel rooms that have everybody's attention. Right. And the banquet rooms and the ability... Um, I mean, there's more basketball venues than there are hockey venues by a long ways in, in Las Vegas. Well, we shall see. All right, good stuff. Uh, KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword WIN to 200. 200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's WIN to 200. 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Nick Mick, NCMIC, sponsors Restaurant Radio. It's next. Governor Kim Reynolds at 11. Zubin Mahente from ESPN at 11.30. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106. The Dewarson Corporation. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back. Uh, time to get into Restaurant Radio. We're going to start with a one of the, biz, the local businesses in the community, but Restaurant Radio and what we do, sponsored by NCMIC. NCMIC makes this possible. We do it twice weekly. Got a good list of restaurants coming up. I wanted to start with a friend of the program, Dr. Stephen Fuller. And Trent, as I uh, told you off air, I, I saw a piece on, uh, it was online somewhere, uh, that 500, over 500,000 dental professionals uh, have been uh, put out of work during this pandemic as um, that we're experiencing. That's in this country. Now, look, I knew that you know, the, the, there would be some. I had no idea that number was this high, so I reached out to Doc Fuller. He corrected me. It's actually north of that. Doc, that's an astounding number. I guess we don't realize. I mean, we see the restaurants. We see some of the, you know, some of the struggles that are ongoing with so many people. But I just thought that, you know, medical professionals, in your case, dental professionals, this somehow didn't affect them. But my, was I ever wrong? Well, somehow... <clears throat> Dentists were deemed non-essential workers, and the ADA recommended that uh, uh, we basically shut down our practices except to see emergency cases only. So that really dwindled, you know, our patient load down. I mean, one patient that about a week in asked me how it was going. I said, well, just imagine going 150 miles an hour and slamming into a brick wall. I said, that's how it feels. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you've told you've told me that so, uh, today I had one patient or don't have anybody until Wednesday. This would be on Monday, but I get it. Uh, but now you guys are open. You've been given the green light. And I really like what you told me you're doing, Doc, as I've, I've been to your practice a number of times. And I know that right beside your building that you own, and this is a sole 
uh, a purpose building. It's just your dental practice, and right behind it is the parking lot, and there's not a lot of spots. Uh, and that has essentially been uh, turned into your your lobby, right? Your waiting room. Now your patients are being asked to stay in their car and you bring the forms to their car where they fill them out and then you reach out and tell them when it's their turn and take them back uh, into the uh, into the dental room. Yeah, the new uh, normal is, you know, when they call in to set up an appointment, we go through a series of questions. And of course, when they show up, we tell them, you know, they got to bring their own mask. And when we go out, we take their temperature and you know we're we have gowns on, we have face shields on, we have masks on, and it, it you know it's probably one of the safer environments you're going to really go into because my uh, office in Des Moines has a fresh air exchanger and has uh, uh, UV light on the furnace system, so you know it's killing the bacteria twenty four seven and the virus is twenty four seven. Doc, it's such a crazy time, and people, of course, are worried about the PPE, the personal protection equipment, and just the numbers that are out there. As we continue to move forward and you hear some of the concerns that are out there, people still need dental work done. It's not just as simple as the teeth cleaning. There are things that are done. Is there anything that you and organizations as a whole, as dentists, that have worked to do to combat the concern that is out there about PPE? Well... You know, I, I got ahead of the curve, so I was somewhat lucky, you know, because I stayed on top of it. And, you know, I arranged for PPE to get to my office way before this really started hitting, way back in February and March. I've got dental colleagues that, uh, you know, unfortunately they're behind the curve, but uh, I've been reaching out to them and saying, hey, I'll loan you some, mm-hmm. but remember how many you because <laughs> right. I'll be needing it back as soon as yours gets shipped to you. So, yeah, I mean, it's a dental community that we're all reaching out, helping each other, you know, kind of like when uh, a fellow dentist, his office flooded, and uh, I opened up my practice uh, locations to him and his dad and uh, allowed them to come in and continue their work. Doc, I'm assuming, last thing, only a couple minutes left with you here, Doc. I'm assuming that when you go out and and when one of your um, uh, practitioners actually goes out to the car and takes that thermometer uh, out with them, uh, that digital read, people, your your patients are probably grateful that they're going through that process. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they they come in and they're thankful that we're, A, we're open and able to treat, you know, broken uh, teeth and broken fillings and things like that. And, And they're thanking us. I mean... You know, uh, they didn't understand why we were shut down. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just an extra precaution to make everybody feel reassured. I mean, it's basically the same protocol that we've always used, a little bit of tweaks here and there, because we've been treating HIV patients, you know, in our dental offices, you know, uh, since the early 90s. Mm. Sure you have. Uh, FullerDental.net, FullerDental.net. Uh, that's the website. Uh, the Altoona location, have you opened that up, Doc? We are here today, and uh, and we're, you know, seeing patients, and uh, they're grateful. And, you know, we're, you know we're, we're screening them and asking them, you know, health questions because, you know, last thing we want is, you know, to have a, a medically compromised patient and, and, you know, come in just because they want a tooth their teeth cleaned and things like that and and you just you know you talk them through it and say let's wait just a little bit longer for you 
It's the new norm, uh, no doubt about that. It, uh, Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net, 8th Street in Altoona, East 29th Street here in Des Moines, fullerdental.net. Doc, thanks for coming on and sharing that with me, uh, uh, with Trent and myself, as well as our audience. Appreciate it, Doc. Everybody be safe. Yep, good to talk to you. Dr. Stephen Fuller, uh, as we continue on. All right, again, our thanks to Dr. Stephen Fuller. Let's get into the restaurant. Boy, 503,000 dental professors. I did not know that. Uh, Obviously, uh, it's Restaurant Radio. We're going to go to Friedrich's Coffee. First of all, they're all over the city. Uh, And I found out something today, Trent. This is a family name, a family company. Uh, We're going to talk to uh, Gary, and he joins the program. Gary, Trent, and Ken on Restaurant Radio. NCMIC makes it possible. How are you, sir? Oh, Trent, uh, doing really good here. Uh, I'm in my office at Durbandale, Iowa, when we're roasting coffee today. Well, that's always a good thing, and coffee, always a good jump start to the day. You know, Gary, as you look at the, Ken mentioned it, a family company, you guys are all over the city, and it's yes. something, uh, when I first moved here, people said, you like coffee, you need to go to Friedrich. So, oh, that's very, that's very kind of you. Yeah, my all, uh, all six of us uh, work at the roastery, and, you know, we have about 30 employees uh, uh, as well. So, where did the majority of your beans come from? Oh, literally all over the world. Do they really? Uh, it's an equatorial crop, so uh, uh, Central, uh, South America, Africa, uh, Indonesia, wow, Asia. Yeah. Have you had trouble keeping up in stock? I mean, this is a worldwide pandemic. Obviously, has it affected you at Friedrichs? And you know, it. You know, our inventories are are, are fine. You know, we, we. I just ordered some coffee out of New York yesterday. That's where we warehouse it. Continental okay. terminals, and um, you know the the trucking it, it changes a little bit how they operate, uh, especially you know the the New York area is a little difficult right now, obviously. But uh, you know it's either it's it'll only be lagged maybe a day at the most, and so that's not bad. Gary, if you can tell us, it's been different for everybody. Some restaurants obviously have so much dine in for you and your Friedrichs and the ones across the city. Drive through, you can still obviously have that available. But what COVID nineteen, what it's meant for you guys. Well, you know, right out of the shoot, we were down 50% as a company. Mm, wow. And so, um, yeah, and so we ended up, uh, uh, we, we, it just took us a while. You know, everybody, you get your entrepreneurial and uh, spirit going and you try to figure things out quickly because everybody's kind of on their own. But we ended up, uh, you know, we launched an app um, uh, during this whole thing. And so people can order online. Um, we have hundreds of customers now that have downloaded the app, um, and so if not thousands, and so that's uh, they're ordering online, and they can just come into the store and pick up the grab and go thing, or they can. Uh, we do have uh, a drive-through location as well, but that's that's really helped us. And then we have uh, we put parking out in front of all of our stores uh, signs. We got permission from our landlords, and we have designated parking right now in front of all of our stores for. Uh, online order, a 10-minute parking for online orders. So, you know, it's, uh, I think the, the whole culture of how we do business moving forward has definitely changed. Uh, no doubt about it. We're speaking with Gary from Friedrichs uh, Coffee Roasters. Gary, I've often wondered this, percentage-wise, I mean, you drive through the, the uh, I need a cup of coffee, uh, but there's a lot of people that want a cup of tea. <laughs> What's yes. the percentage-wise like? I mean, obviously, over in the UK, it would be completely different from what it is here. But how much tea do you actually sell? Uh, people coming through the driveway for a spot of tea. You know, tea isn't as popular. I think uh, in in this particular uh, arena, uh, you know, primarily because we are known for coffee, mm-hmm. but we do have excellent tea as well. 
Um, we do import uh, all of our tea just like we do our coffee. And so we are uh, uh, brewing uh, loose leaf tea every day for order as, uh, you know, as customers want it. But it wouldn't be, it would be maybe under 5% of the people. Well, the coffee is outstanding. Again, Friedrichscoffee.com. There is an app. Is there information on the app on your landing page at Friedrichscoffee.com? Yeah, you can go You can go to Friedrichscoffee.com or you can just go, if you have an Android or an iPhone, uh, you can... Uh, it's uh, available. The app is available uh, uh, in either format. So, good stuff. You find all the locations there as well. Although I'm assuming if you're out and about throughout the day, you've got your favorite favorite Friedrichs Coffee uh, shop uh, at the tip of mind. Uh, good stuff. Thank you very much for coming uh, joining the program here, Gary. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, Friedrichscoffee.com. Let's get to the grumpy goat, shall we? Here's Nick. Nick, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, doing well. Thanks for coming on. Uh, four locations of the Grumpy Goat. Let's get these in. 1303 Walnut, uh, 1350 50th Street. Of course, they're on Mill Civic Parkway and right there on 1st Street in Ankeny. How have things been going at the Grumpy Goat? Well, right now we're just primarily doing takeout. Um, we've been donating thousands and thousands of pastas to the community every day. Um, and we're just kind of gearing up and getting ready to reopen, you know. It's such a crazy time, and you guys, with all the different locations, uh, different things certainly happening. You mentioned the carryout. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Limited hours, you guys just still doing the same hours. For people that have a hankering, I, I want to get the All-American Burger. It is my favorite. I get it every time I come in, which is quite often, as you know, Nick. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about the hours that you guys have right now as we're doing just the carryout only. Right now, we're just doing carryout out of our 50th Street location, uh, between 5 and 7 p.m. It's a limited menu for now. Um, this week we plan on cracking back open and getting our, our full menu back out there. So we just kind of been keeping people busy and keeping them working and, you know, keeping everyone's spirits up and keeping everyone safe. So we're excited to see everyone again. Now the new norm. What's the new normal going to look like, at least for the time being, at the Grumpy Goat once we do get that green light? Well, it's going to be six feet apart. Yeah. It'll be really weird. Um, but, you know, we're putting measures in place, sticking to the guidelines. We've scaled back 50% because we can only be 50% capacity. Right. Um, and we're just going to trudge through this thing and, and, you know, do the best we can. So, I love sitting at the bar. Love uh, <laughs> the bar that you guys have there on Mill Civic. And at least for the mm-hmm. time being, that's going to be going away. Another component, too, is I'm going to guess there's going to be a lot of people, all right, the menu is back at the Grumpy Goat, can get anything that I want. But you know what? I'm just going to get a takeout. Are you thinking you're going to have to maybe train more staff on that side of things, both the curbside delivery, those kind of options? That's something that you're also working towards, knowing it's not just going to be the orders of the people sitting there, but your carryout going forward is going to be a lot bigger. Yes, we are planning to partner with a local uh, delivery company. Uh, We've set in place uh, carryout spots at all of our locations. So what you do is you just pull up, call the location. They'll bring it right out to your car. Don't have to get out. You can eat it there. You can take it home. Um, you know, a full menu will be available, and you know that'll be running all hours of operation at all locations. So, uh, one final thing, as I know, Nick, you're a huge Packers fan. They had just a disastrous draft <laughs> in many people's opinion. So, let's get the fan perspective here. Nick, you love your Aaron Rodgers. I, I hear you gush I about do. him every time that I go into Grumpy Goat. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> so, the heir apparent has been drafted in the first round. Where did you sit, fan perspective, the Packers and the draft they had? 
It was awful. <laughs> I think it was the worst draft out of all the NFL teams. I mean, it, I get I get what the direction they're trying to go in, yeah. but come on. Like, you have Aaron back there still. I think he's still got three or four good years left. Mm-hmm. I mean, get him some weapons. Win now, you know? I'm with you. I'm, on one hand, I understand it because they do seemingly have the air apparent, but it's a win-now league and got one of the greatest quarterbacks, in my opinion, to ever play the game, and he's still at the top of his right. game. Uh, surround him with some weapons and worry about the worry about the future down the line. Uh, who knows if that right. if the coach will be there, if the general manager is going to be there. We we just don't know. Uh, we're, we do know that the Grumpy Goat soon, they'll be getting that green light. You can find them online, thegrumpygoattavern.com, thegrumpygoattavern.com. Um, four locations uh, here uh, in central Iowa. Thank you for coming on, Nick. Best of luck at the Grumpy Goat. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. Uh, From the Grumpy Goat, we go to Hungry Boys. I'm always hungry. Yeah, no no avocado toast at the Hungry Boys. (laughs) Lisa joins the program. Lisa, I got a kick out of that on your website. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you this morning? Doing pretty well. So now avocado toast, that kind of gives us an idea. We got some uh, some uh, comfort food, some sandwiches, hot dogs, nachos. Got a really good menu. How things have been going at Hungry Boys uh, during these times? Um, it's been going all right. I mean, obviously things could be better. It's a difficult time for everybody right now. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just doing some different things and kind of got to change up what I'm doing next Monday. So... Um, hopefully things just start to prosper a little more. With that, uh, tell us a little bit about the menu. What Hungry Boys, never been there before. People want to try it. I know a lot of people are trying different restaurants. Haven't been in there. What are some of the favorites that you have on the menu? Um, I have a a few sandwiches that I suggest. My most popular sandwich is my Boss Boys, which has ham, turkey, pepperoni, salami, and Mm. cheese on it. Excellent sandwich. Um, I have a fantastic Reuben. And my chicken salad is excellent. Um, there's just a couple to kind of throw out. Uh, you know what? Everything on my menu is excellent. That's how I look at it. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, what, what have you been doing hours-wise? Right now I've been doing 10 to 2. I am going to change those hours next Monday to 10 to 3. But our normal hours are 10 to 5. I just, I'm going to creep back up to that kind of slowly. And you're located on 100th Street in Urbandale, correct? 3070 100th Street in Urbandale? That is correct. Uh, phone numbers 254-9474-254-9474. So 10 to 2 now, but beginning next week, we're going to add an extra hour at HungryBoysBoyz.com, TheHungryBoys.com. We'll go 10 to 3 starting next week. Perfect. Lisa, best of luck. Thanks for coming on and telling the story of the Hungry Boys uh, on 100th Street in Urbandale. Thank you, Lisa. All right. Thank you. Good to talk Have to you. Have a great day. Yeah, you do the same. Uh, some good luck. I love the the, the website, thehungryboys.com. You can click on the food. And no avocado toast. I've never understood the avocado toast angle. Wife eats it. I think it's a California thing. It's not a knock. That just doesn't... Uh, doesn't get my taste buds going in any shape, form, or fashion. So, uh, anyways. All right, so uh, looks like we're going to miss Bennigan's today. Perhaps Bobby uh, from Latin King's going to move up. Boy, this is a uh, an institution on the east side of Iowa. The Latin King, uh, Tercy's Latin King, they've been closed as well. Tercy'sLatinKing.com uh, is the website. Tercy'sLatinKing.com uh, is the uh, website. They've been doing carryout. 
I'm anxious to know their story. They seem to have been around for oh, decades, I think is probably fair to say. Well, we'll get Bobby in here. We'll find out if you've uh, spent any time in Des Moines. There's a pretty good chance that they've served you at t- from uh, time to time. I'm looking at it right now. Long-time local clientele, over 70 years. That's unbelievable. Uh, Bobby joins us. Bobby Trenton, Ken, good to talk to you, Bobby. Over 70 years, what an unbelievable run at Tercy's Latin King. Yeah, um, let me clarify that. Um, myself and my wife, Amy, have had the restaurant since uh, 1983. The restaurant was owned by the Pinieri family since 1947, June. Uh, which will be going into uh, the, I believe, 71 years, uh, 70, wow. you know, 70 some years uh, coming up in June. So. so when you took over, Bobby, what did you change back in the early 80s? Did you, is the menu essentially, you know, is it, I mean, if, I'm sure you've had to tweak it periodically, but are there still some things on there? Like, for instance, the chicken spadini, right? You're famous for a number of things, but the spadini's the number one thing, seemingly, when I talk to people about the Latin King. Has that been on the menu for 70-something years? No, no. We put it on um, back in the uh, early early 90s. Um, there was a friend of mine that uh, that was serving it down in Kansas City, and uh, I went down there to see him and, and had the dish and uh, and um, tasted that and it was an, it was an excellent dish and we thought wow that's uh, that's something that uh, we we could really use at that Latin King to uh, you know kind of um, escalate the the new types of foods that more uh, uh, contemporary foods that we were looking for besides just spaghetti and meatballs and cavatelli topped with cheese, Bobby. So, that's it, it's uh it's a place that I've been to quite often a lot of times for business meetings and you want to uh, impress a client coming from out of town we're gonna hit up the Latin King and we'll show you well, one thing I always tell them steak de Burgo mm-hmm. it's something that is very localized here in central Iowa for people maybe that haven't heard of steak de Burgo just because it is something here that is well, native to central Iowa, about how you guys do it, because when I go there, and if I may be working on somebody else's bill, I'm definitely getting the steak to Burgo. Right. So, so anyway, yeah, steak to Burgo um, was a, uh, a dish that basically uh, John Campiano uh, came up with. He had, uh, I, I forgot, he had the Hyatt out on Fleur Drive, and, and, and he had uh, uh, various different restaurants. I, you know, I think he might have been in... Uh, uh, he had poppin' fresh pie chain and things of that nature. So, you know, it's a simple dish. It's great quality beef tenderloin, uh, choice or higher. We grill it, and, and the way John did it, he kept it simple again. He used really mild olive oil, butter, half and half, added a little salt and pepper, a little bit of basil, and, of course, lots of fresh garlic. Mm-hmm. There's no secret to that dish. <laughs> it's just who doesn't like you know, mild olive oil and melted butter on a great piece of beef tenderloin. Nice. I've always been a pasta trio guy when I move uh, when I go in. Yeah. There's always enough to to take home and get lunch the next day. Bobby, what's your favorite thing on the menu? Well, you, you know, I kind I, I I eat here all the time, so I'm kind of tossed between things at different moods or different times of the year. I usually like to eat something lighter during the hot season. You know, like a. Uh, chicken spadini salad during the winter i eat chicken spadini quite a bit i love the italian style pork chops um uh that's really good because i love you you know the peppers garlic and 
and, and, and the taste of pork. It, that, that's, that's a really, really good dish. Um, I, I try not to eat a lot of red meat, but uh, mm. um, I always like a good, just plain New York strip good, too, during the winter time. We get to the end of the dinner, and you go to Latin King. you got to have the dessert. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Tell us about your cannolis. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the gun. <laughs> it, 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 it's, how, how does it go? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, we sell a fair amount of cannoli. And basically, the cannoli for us is uh, we sell, we don't sell, but uh, on birthdays, we give a small little uh, uh, cannoli out for birthdays because we are a popular spot for, for birthdays. And it's an easier, less time-consuming, labor-consuming um, dessert than the tiramisu is. But by far, the tiramisu is all made from scratch. I mean, uh, 100%. The ingredients are always top-rate. Same guy's been making the tiramisu for how many years to go you've been making tiramisu 23 Jeez. <laughs> 23 years he's been making the tiramisu he's got the recipe down um you know so you, you really can't beat it it's you know it's not the prettiest tiramisu because we make it in a sheet pan but it's by far it's the best tiramisu around in my opinion how many you have any idea, Bobby, over the years, how many people have been to the Latin King? I mean, think about the percentage wise of people that have lived in central Iowa that have darkened your doorstep over the years. Any idea? Well, I mean, you could put a quick calculator by it. I'm not I'm not really I'm not really close to one, but since probably from the mid a uh, mid mid nineties, I'd say ninety five on um, we do probably about thirty-two to thirty-five hundred people a week, lunch and dinner. That's mm. four lunches and and five dinners. So you could calculate out that, and we are really missing those numbers yeah. right now. But we're just we're just fortunate to to feel like uh, the the majority of the staff is healthy and ready to come back to work to to make sure that the restaurant goes on to 100 years. Bobby, you know what else has always impressed me, too, is uh, the, the staff. Um, you, you keep your staff. It's the, you know, I probably just started going there when I was at Prairie and, um, you know, in the late 80s into the 90s, lunch meetings there, and then I go back now over the last couple of years. It's a lot of the same faces, Bobby. You're still working there. That says a lot about the way you must treat your staff and the loyalty that they have towards you and back uh, back the other way. Oh yeah, it's um, it, it's been an honor to have these longtime uh, employees for decades and decades. First of all, uh, they're very loyal and 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 they 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 enjoy the industry. They enjoy working for Latin King because it's well established. Um, it you know on on the and, and, and the customers get to meet them and and they 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 get regulars like you know there's there's been a couple times when I've had ladies in their seventies that have actually retired and then people come in and they're mad at me because they think i fired them or got rid of them and they actually retired <laughs> or they passed away Jeez. and uh that's that's just uh you know and then on the other hand you got to kind of think that you know they they get into a routine they know the place and sometimes it's like hey i'm working for them they're they're running me around <laughs> but i can I, I love that aspect of it because everybody who takes ownership in the restaurant, that is really uh, the culture I like to set because, you know, they, they're proud of that and, and, and they take ownership. They, the place is part of them. So. 
Uh, Latin King, an Eastside legend, an Eastside institution uh, for over 70 years. Bobby's been there since the early 80s, and his wife, they're open 4 to 8 Tuesday through uh, uh, Tuesday through Saturday as we get through this. And soon the doors will be open, and those regular faces will be there to greet you. Uh, and uh, we all look forward to those days. Bobby, thank you for coming on. TerseysLatinKing.com. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Ken. It's a pleasure talking with you. Good to talk with you as well. Such a loyal customer. All right, buddy. Yep, take care. Uh, Bobby from uh, the Latin King, Tercy's Latin King, and that's going to bring restaurant radio to its conclusion, as we thought we had the governor to yield to at 11 o'clock. And uh, we do not. By the way, before that, NCMIC, thank you to Nick Mick, NCMIC, uh, for making restaurant radio possible. We have had a popular day here today, Trent, as I look at my inbox. And we've already got three since we started this one. Oh, come perfect. on on Thursday. So uh, we, we do this twice weekly, Tuesday and Thursday. You can email me, KenMillerShow at gmail.com. KenMillerShow, gmail.com. We'll get back to you, give you a slot on Thursday. You can find Trent on Facebook. If you're a Facebooker, as most of you are Trent Condon on Facebook. Uh, send him a private message, right? Is that yeah. how they've been doing that? Private message, and uh, we will make you a part of Thursday's show. Nick Mick, NCMIC, makes it possible. You can also hit us up on Twitter. We're both there. We have the show account at Miller and Condon, at Trent Condon for me on Twitter, and I'm Ken Miller. I, I am. am. Ken Miller is where you can find Ken there. You can hit us up that way. A lot of different ways to get involved as we continue to push our way forward. And boy, so many great restaurants that we've had on. Either old favorites or places I've never heard of, places Mm -hmm. I haven't been. Hungry Boys. Yes, that's a good one right there at the top of the list. I was very impressed with the website and the sandwiches do look terrific and the... uh uh, the chili dogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's comfort food, right? It's, as the website says, no la, no uh, avocado toast uh, at Hungry Boy. So good list today. We'll try and get Bennigan's in uh, next week as they were unable to join us here today or on uh, Thursday as we do this twice weekly. Okay, so Governor Kim Reynolds has um, pushed back her press conference. Apparently it is going to start at 11.30. Mm-hmm. If it does, we will certainly carry it. Zuba Mahente is going to uh, join us to start the 11 o'clock hour. We'll flip-flop the governor and Zubin around. Uh, have you seen a reason for the delay, Trent? I have not. I haven't seen a reason, no, for it, but it popped up pretty early, earlier than normal, that uh, it had been pushed back to 11.30. Meetings of some sort. We will find out at 11.30. We do have the numbers from uh, overnight. Iowa Department of Health, 539 new cases. 18 people, sadly, uh, within the last 24 hours have succumbed uh, to COVID-19. 11 o'clock hour next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.